0: Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are.
1: Hi, this is Laura Burheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. And I'm Kim Reinhardt with Ain't
2: Misbehaving Canine. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Today we wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about this is my subject. Her topic. Passionate about it. I'll jump in when I feel like I have something necessary to say. Oh, you'll have plenty. This is a this is one that you will you would get right on board with. I want to talk about the difference between communicating with your dog and talking to your dog. Okay. Because I think that a lot of times people talk to their dogs. They talk and they talk and they talk and they talk to their dogs. Oh, you're hanging around me a lot, have you? (laughs) And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that unless you don't know the difference between talking to your dog and communicating with your dog. I go to agility a lot, and I notice that with my dogs, every time I say something, they're listening. They're listening to to, you know, try to figure out what, what, what is she talking, what she's saying to us. But it's because I don't talk to them a lot. I do. I have my times when I call them over to me and say, oh, you're such a good dog and I love you Oh, you, you do. So okay, oh, see, that makes course. me feel so much better. Of course. Of course. I adore my dog. Well, yeah, you know this. I, I know. I know my dogs. But the thing is that I think a lot of times I go to people's houses and they tend to talk to their dogs. Sort of incessantly. Oh, look at you! Oh, what are you? What are you doing over there? What are you doing? Hey, come on! Let's see. What are you doing? And they talk and they talk and they, and they say they the dog's name and constantly. Talk. And the dog, realizing that there is no pertinent information being, tuned Tunes out. Yeah, they learn to tune you out. Because everything that you say, while it has some meaning to you, doesn't have any real inherent meaning to them. There yeah. is no direction to it. There is no correct response to it. Mm-hmm. There is no action Yeah, I've got involved.
1: a daughter here now that doesn't pay any attention to her name. It's it's like it's been so overused that you say her name and she just keeps wandering by.
2: She's not going to bother. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that when I talk about this, I think that there's a potential for my clients to be confused. I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about the fact that when I take my clients out, I say to them you need to feed back. You need to give Mm. your dog information. You need to continuously be feeding your dog information so that they understand that you are the one who is in control and that you are the one helping them negotiate what happens. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, would be we take the dog out. We're doing some off-leash work. I do a lot of that and we're working with the dog and I kind of have this little invisible bubble around me. It's kind of a space bubble. Mm-hmm. And when a dog gets to so the it's outs- like a radius. It's yes, built in radius. So when the dog gets to the outside portion of that bubble, I want them to move in towards me. And when we're walking through the park, I want them to maintain no more than a certain amount of distance from me. So I don't want them taking off and running, you know, seventy feet across the park. Right. I have a, a distance. And I'm really bad with feet, so I'm not even gonna claim to know what that is. But anyway, <laughs> there's a certain <laughs> amount I know what it is. I can eyeball it. And so I will give a dog information as we're walking along. And the, if the dog starts it starts towards the outside of the bubble and then pulls himself in, I'll say, good boy. Right, because he, especially
1: because he made that decision on your own, on his own. You're not going to ignore it. I'm not going to ignore
2: it because I didn't it. have to call him in. Right. Exactly. And what I find with my clients is a lot of times, and if the dog gets to the outside of the bubble, I might tell them, ah, too far, I teach it too far. Okay, And that means right. head back towards me. does not a come. Right. It doesn't mean come to me. It means you know, you're on the outside of the bubble. And I teach this, so it's not as if I expect the dog to know those words instantly. But a lot of times what I notice with my clients is I will have to really work with them to get them to realize that You don't wait until the dog gets too far, then tell the dog too far, then tell him, good boy. If the dog stays within that bubble, every time he turns in towards you, you give him some information saying, hey, you're doing really good. Yeah. So I'm actually encouraging them to speak to their dogs more often than they normally would. Because normally they would walk along, and as long as the dog wasn't out of line, Mm -hmm. they would not say a word. And then as soon as the dog got to the wrong place, that was setting up for failure, we already talked about this, then they would... Then they would start giving the dog information. And then when the dog pulled in from whatever, wherever he was going too far, then they would tell him, good dog. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he wasn't learning about self-control. Right. About about doing this himself. Because my dogs do this on their own, and it's right. because of the training that they've had. On the other hand, I also tell people, okay, shut up already. <laughs> Stop talking to your dog continuously. And it can get
1: confusing, because I've had clients, yes. you know, I'm giving feedback to the dog, Yes, and sometimes when I'm working a client's dog, I am talking out loud. They think I'm talking to the dog, and I'm actually narrating for them. Right. So that they understand, but they think. And this is it was a real eye opener for me that somebody said that to me. Well, I don't think I talk to her enough because I think because you talk to her a lot when you're working with her, and that's when it occurred to me. Okay, she didn't get that I was narrating for her. Right. Even though. The way I was speaking wasn't even really directed at the dog, but it ma- it clarified for me that, okay, I need to tell the person, okay, this talking that I'm doing is for your benefit. Right. It's not for the dog.
2: Right. And actually, when I'm out working a dog in a situation, or even when I'm out working my own dogs, if I'm trying to model a behavior for people, I will narrate it. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like I'm... T- and I've, I've gotten in the habit of telling yeah. people, this is not necessarily the way that I would work. I would quiet down. Mm-hmm. However... You have to give enough information to continuously let the dog when they're... It's kind of a hotter... It's kind it's of a warmer, hot and colder cold. right. game, right? Warmer, right. warmer, warmer. Oh, getting colder, colder, cold Freezing! Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Okay, it's that game. But if in the process of that game, I just suddenly started making arbitrary statements that meant nothing to them and gave right. them zero information, they might get frustrated. And that's what happens with dogs, I think. I have a friend, a very good friend of mine, and she is in the habit of talking to her dog a lot. Looking mm-hmm. at them and talking to them a lot. Only she doesn't communicate, she just talks. And she knows, we talked about this recently yeah. and I said, "Hey, you got to become aware of this because she has one dog that's kind of soft, that's okay. a little bit fearful and and this particular dog feels a lot of pressure when she turns her attention on the dog. Mm-hmm. I can see it." Yeah. When she looks at the dog a lot, the dog feels pressured. When she talks to the dog a lot, the dog feels pressured. What am I supposed to do? I have to sift through. Are you telling me to do something or is this just one of those times when right. you do Right. And if you're
1: telling me to do something, I don't I don't understand. I don't get it, and I'm concerned because I don't because I don't know how to make, do this
2: right. Yeah. And I'm and I'm worried and she's not a real punitive trainer, but it doesn't matter. For that yeah. dog, that's too much pressure. Yeah. But she does this kind of thing where she just talks to them all the time oh look at you i go to her house and i sit and i wait for her we're going to go somewhere and i sit and wait for her to do whatever it is she needs to do before we leave and and she is talking 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 talking. saying nothing to her dogs yeah. just continuously talking it makes her feel good and i said to her look i'm not trying to be critical because i understand your feelings i adore my dogs but it would be easier for your dog if you called them to you, and when they came over, then lavished them with attention and said what you had to say. Yeah. Because there would be context. They get used to us getting jabbery, yeah. jibber-jabbery, after they've done something, right? And they go, yeah. oh, this is praise. So so let
1: me ask you something, because while you're saying this, it, it occurred to me that, you know, there are a lot of people that when they leave their dogs home alone, they leave the television on or the radio on. Yes. Which is a lot of talking. Yes. It's a lot of noise. Do you think that because it's noise or talking coming from somewhere else that it that it affects this at all? That the dog learns more to tune people out? Or because it's not the owner specifically that the dog will be able to understand, oh, this is when, when mom talks, it means something, and all these other people talking doesn't mean anything?
2: You know what? If I were to give an opinion, which is all it is, I have no scientific Information to back this. But if I were to ag- give an opinion on this, I would say that the dog that has the person that's talking to them all the time, that makes it harder for them. Right. Because they're so used to hearing talk, 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 talk. It's right. just more talk to tune out. Mm-hmm. I think that the dog whose owner communicates significantly with them a lot probably is able to discern that very easily. Okay. And it's probably less of a problem. It's sort of like people who, who meditate, yeah, and they do that to find a quiet space, yeah. right? Because there is power in silence, and there's a lot of... It's very helpful to in you know, many, many ways for, for calming you and, and better thinking and that whole thing. But I think I, don't, I tell people not to leave the television on. I don't happen to think that that's helpful to a dog that's nervous about being left alone. I don't think that they think that there's noise. I just think it becomes more noise to tune out. Okay. It becomes more, in a way, pressure. Although they get very good at it and it's a long, no longer pressure. But I don't know why you would purposely try to give your dog more things that they have to sift Ignore, through. Ignore, right. Because it's very, di- and I think music would be a different thing mm-hmm. because music is such a different sound. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just more things that they have to sift through. Okay. You know, we expect a lot of them. We expect them to be able to sift through all of our human stuff. And they're, I mean, they say that our
1: eyes tune out a billion things every minute or whatever it is. And dogs' senses are much more Mm -hmm. powerful than ours. So the the sights and the sounds, the sounds especially, they're tuning out a lot more.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think it runs counter to their... Hardwiring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think dogs rely on sense of smell and their and and their hearing mm-hmm. to stay safe. Mm-hmm. If they were in a, a situation that wasn't domestic, yeah, you know, a domestic situation. So those are senses that are sh- are heightened and sharpened for a reason. Yeah, and they serve a purpose. Yeah, and asking them to continuously sift it out, which they do. Listen, dog came to live with us by the fire. Yeah, so I mean. That was a choice, but still, I do think that there are things that we can do to make it easier. And the point of making it easier is that you get a dog then that listens to you. Because mm-hmm. I notice that my dogs don't ever tune me out; they're always aware of when I speak to them. And I don't think that that's anything that I've done consciously. Yeah. I think that's just the way I've developed my behavior patterns around them. Yeah. I try to teach that to people. Because I realized that in order to get a dog to do anything, they have to listen. Right. They have to want to know. Yeah. They have yeah. to want, want... And if you have to work so hard to get their attention to begin with, how much are they going to listen to what you have to
1: say after you get their attention?
2: It's Yeah. It makes it really tough. So the key to this, my whole message here, is to, to have people try to become aware of how often they talk to the dog versus communicate. Versus communicate. If you're standing around saying, oh, look at you, you're such a pretty boy, that really, mostly, is for you. Yeah,
1: because the dog doesn't understand what you're saying. You've got a nice look on your face, you have a nice tone in your voice, you're probably petting the
2: dog, and the dog has a nice, contented look on their face. And if you're petting them, it's a little bit easier for them to figure it out, because then there is some connection. But when you just stand and look at your dog and talk to them, I don't think it's harmful. I just think what it comes down to is that the dog is looking at you going, okay, is there anything coming out that I need to know here? And
1: then you finish talking, and then you turn around and walk away. And the dog is still left there puzzling
2: over what all that was about. Was I supposed to respond to that? And I don't think it's, like, damaging or anything. But I think that it would be easier on the dog if you said, dog, come, right, called the dog, gave him something to do, and then lavish that praise on him, because then it would have context. Yeah. It would be, I was asked to do this, I did this, and I earned this reward, and so I have total clarity on this. Mm -hmm. I don't need someone to sit down and explain to me, what the the heck was that about? I mean, can you imagine turning their dog friends and going, so what was that about? Right. Do you know what (laughs) that Did you get that? Mm.
1: (laughs) We must be speaking different languages. Yeah, and the other one's going, I don't know, but she's done it to me, too, and I just...
2: (laughs) She gets like I don't that. get it either. I think she might drink. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, because <they've, laughs> there's no context to it. You know, they probably do sit around <laughs> thinking, I don't know, she's a crazy lady sometimes. And, <laughs> and it is. And it's not that the dog doesn't enjoy it. I mean, I've seen, like with my friend that I'm talking about she'll laugh she'll listen to this she'll absolutely know what I'm talking about because we had this conversation very recently. So can we name her? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, cuz I don't want to make her mad. But um but she you know, she adores her dogs. Mm-hmm. But I will I will <laughs> say to her, "Okay, stop. Stop talking, talking all yeah. the time. How are they ever supposed to know?" Yeah. And what I notice is they will tune her out. And you know what she, to to give her credit, she's a dog trainer. And she has very nice control over her dogs. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's interfered with the process of training. Right. But And so she said to me, well, I think they know the difference because sometimes I have this tone of voice and sometimes I have that tone of voice. And I said to her, okay, you know, I'm understanding and I'm not criticizing. I want you to realize this is not about yeah. criticizing you. It's about, but if you could make things easier for them, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because she has one dog that happens to be real soft and really have some issues about... Well, I think it has pressure issues. I think the dog just feels under pressure. I think when I've worked with the dog before, mm-hmm. I avoid eye contact. I do all these different things to take the to pressure off. To make it easier off. on the dog. And the dog tends to really pres- uh, really um, offer behaviors to me and right. her tail wags and she stays really engaged. Right. And if you put too much attention on her, if you focus right. too strongly on her, she will actually disengage. Right. Because, because she's trying to diffuse the situation. Exactly. Right. It's too much pressure for her She's person, telling you everything.
1: Everything that she's telling you is, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable. And it's going to make learning more difficult. Exactly. That's Learning exactly. whatever it is, regardless of, of, you know, that you're trying to get her attention or whatever, but it's going to make whatever behavior you are trying to teach at that moment more difficult because there's added pressure. And with
2: that particular dog, I've told my friend, you should work with her not looking at her occasionally glance at her reward her for that and yeah. then you can build on that behavior to the point where she'll stand staring into your eyes right. but you need to remove this pressure but it got me thinking about how much we talk to them and really we don't have anything to say mm-hmm. and especially if you are now not not in her case because as I said she does have pretty good control over her dogs but very good control over her dogs but in a situation with a lot of the people that we work with where they don't have great control, I kind of wonder if the reason that their dogs tune them out is because they talk a lot, but they don't communicate they that don't, much. Yeah, they talk, but they don't say anything.
1: Yeah. It's like it's like being talked at as opposed to spoken to.
2: It, yes, yes. It's much easier for your dog. This is the funny part. People do it because they think that they're being nice oh you're so beautiful look at you what are you doing over there All right? and they think well no this is the nice part of me coming out and mm-hmm. when I ask something of my dog when I when I send out a directive or a demand to my dog that's not nice but the truth is if you've taught something to your dog mm-hmm. and you ask him to do it and he knows there's a reward at the end of it that's the most empowering moment your dog can have Yes. because he knows how to affect the outcome right. there. he says I know how to do this I can do this one and, and I know how this is going to come out. Right. And I can make the decision about how I'm going to make this come out. So I can do this and know, oh, guess what? Aren't I great? And yeah. you're going to be totally responsive to me. And I know that. It's, it's completely clear in my head. Right? I know exactly what's going to happen here. Yeah. And so that's empowering. And that's actually, even though the other is a very loving gesture, mm-hmm. for the dog, that is a more loving gesture. For mm-hmm. the dog, that's an easier thing for them to understand. So if you have a dog that tunes you out and then you, because you talk talk, 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 talk or other, there are other ways that you can get a do- your right. dog to tune you out and then you suddenly throw something at them and they don't do it because they've learned to tune you out and then you say it louder and more stridently maybe a little angry. Right. They're going, what? What did I do? And suddenly they're kind of feeling under the gun. This is not just about you asking me for something. Apparently I've done something wrong and I don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm.
1: It's it very much reminds me of that cartoon. The ginger cartoon. I forgot which which cartoon it is. It's a comic strip and not it's, it's the, the guy, ginger cartoon. <laughs> no, it's it was it's about which a dog named Ginger, okay. but you know, yes. the the guy is it's what we say to the dogs. It's like Ginger, you're such a bad dog, Ginger. Why did you do this, Ginger? You shouldn't have gotten in the trash, Ginger. And then it says, what dog's here? Blah, 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 Ginger. Blah, 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 Ginger. Right. You know, because at least they know what they're. Well, at least this dog knows that its right. name applies. It recognizes that word, but it doesn't recognize anything else. And I got to tell you, some dogs don't even recognize their name, that their name means anything. Like I said, this dog that is here right now, I say her name and this is not something I did. She's just visiting, but it's like oblivious. Yeah
2: and I'll bet if you sat I'll bet if you hung out there you would find that there was very little communicating and a, and a fair amount of talking. Yeah. I bet you would find that the talking that came out was not significant. It wasn't the dog something that the dog could learn, respond to and understand and predict what was going to happen next. Yeah. Cuz that's communicating. Communicating is when you give your dog the ability to understand, okay, this means this. Let's say I'm teaching my dog to sit. And I teach my dog what that physical action is. And I say the word. And every time he sits, I really lavish attention on him. Okay? Or what, or I give him a cookie. Or I play ball with him. Or whatever it is that I've done to reinforce that behavior that he finds reinforcing. Then he le- hears the word. First of all, he knows that I don't stand around talking about sitting, 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 sitting. sitting. My dog sits so well. Sit, sit, sit. My dog can sit, 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 sit. You've never seen a dog sit like my dog can sit. Oh, you're such a good sitter. You know what? It's it's the old, it's the old, and I hate this. Some trainers do this. Good sit. Yes, I'm already sitting. What do you mean? What do you want me yes. to do now? What yeah. do you want me to dig a hole and sit deeper? What do yes. you want? What do you want from me? But okay, well, so now see, here's I've the had, word. And,
1: But I've had I've had people say, yeah, but see how he he adjusts himself and gets himself farther closer to the ground. When you tell him to sit, have you had people do that? It's like the dog no. is sitting, and then they say "sit" again, and the dog goes, and you can see the dog do a little wiggle, like
2: he's sitting better. <gasps> yeah, because he's trying to figure out what is I know. This like, I'm is it, to do. Am I not doing it right? You know, <laughs> what needs to happen there is you give the dog the signal. He understands the term. He does the behavior, and he knows what comes next. He yeah. knows that whatever it is that you've taught him is the rein- some type of reinforcement. Maybe you've stuck four or five different reinforcements. You know, maybe you've got him. You've paired up enough things that he has a whole bunch of ideas of what's reinforcing. But then he knows what's going to happen next. So such clarity for him. He yeah. goes, I love that word because I know what to do. Yes. And I know what's going to happen. And if you keep your information to saying things that matter, yeah. then your dog listens to everything you have to say. Yeah. And I think clarity
1: is the key word here people don't understand how much they muddy up the waters for their dogs and then like you said then they get mad at them when they don't listen to them when the person has been talking like i think you mentioned once before that you were talking to a client and the dog is wandering around and you and the client are talking and then suddenly the client yells out you know says sit <laughs> and the dog is still over sniffing the the you know the head yes. and then she turned to you and said well he didn't sit You went from talking straight to me to just turning around and saying, sit, how is the dog supposed to know that now you're talking to him?
2: Right. And a lot of the times with that particular client, she would sit and stare at the dog for long periods of time. So with my dogs, if I look at my dogs and they look back at me, they're looking at me to find out what it is that I'm going to ask them to Mm -hmm. do. They kind of have an idea. Not that I never look at my dogs. I just don't do that heavy-duty eye contact unless that's a predictable thing for my dogs. With hers, she would sit and stare at the dog all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when she was involved in a conversation with somebody else, or she would be talking to somebody else. So he learned to tune those things out. Yeah, It's self-preservation. They tune it out because otherwise they'd go, they'd go nuts. nuts.
1: <laughs> they'd hate us. The yeah. truth
2: is they wouldn't like us very yeah. much because we would become this fly buzzing around their head all day long. And you know, dogs snap at those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they
2: don't like that. <laughs> So that's not going to get us, you know, that's not going to get us in their good favor. So they learn to tune us out. As opposed to snapping at us. Yes. <laughs> they learn which to some dogs do. T- which, yes, so which I've some seen it do. happen. But many, many don't. And many that don't, they learn to do the next best thing, which is tune us out. And then tuning us, then when they tune the owner out, the owner's mad. They're upset. Well, she doesn't listen when I talk to her. Well, well, why should she? She doesn't she can't really know distinguish, when you're talking. Right, to her. She can't
1: distinguish when you're talking to her and when you're just talking.
2: Even people who say, Well, I say her name first. Well, maybe you do, but you also said, Ginger, look at you. What a pretty girl. Look at you. Ginger, such a good girl. Look yeah. at you. Aren't you pretty? Ginger, what's the matter? What's the matter? What do you want? Yeah, my dog just got up to run around because she likes that tone of voice. And her name isn't even Ginger. No, her name isn't. But she said, that tone of voice means (laughs) something. I have a feeling there could be goodies in this for me. Huh. But the thing is, those same dogs learn to tune you out. So just, the message here is, start thinking about your communication with your dog. Start thinking about how often you say things that your dog, if your dog had to answer, he wouldn't have an answer. Yeah. There would be no... It's. I have a really good friend whose mother walks used to walk around and say to his dog, "What's the matter?"
0: And I used to say
2: to her, "If she ever answers, you must call me immediately. Right. <laughs> you must." Because honestly, walking around looking her in the eye and saying, "What's the matter?" Right. I'm not sure what you're having. Well, well you're what makes to them have... think some things the matter? Well, anyway, that's a whole other story. And the dog actually <laughs> eventually learned to become pouty. Right. Yes. Because right. this was a. It was an first, attention-seeking yes, device. Yes, she right. learned that it would it would buy her this attention, but it was also such meaningless Dribble. talk. Yes, it was such meaningless talk. There was nothing in it that the dog could understand. Yeah, nothing. So that's probably okay. I'm at the end of my big long talking spree. I'm exhausted. Okay, now. she's stepping down off of her soapbox. I'm exhausted, <laughs> but I'll get back on it later. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yes, I'm, I guarantee it. All right. So, this is Kim Reinhardt with Ain't Misbehaving Canine and Laura Burheny
1: from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, Or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 818-800-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.